Hey, y'all, we want to take a second here to go ahead and give a shout out to our favorite mortgage lender and the official lender of the Hunt Lift Eat podcast. That's Casey Burns. He's a mortgage broker with Prime Lending. I bought my house here in Colorado with Casey and I refinanced the property in Tennessee. And I was going to use Casey for that because I had such a great experience. And Casey told me, hey, man, like I'll be straight up with you. I can't. I can't match this other offer. So go with these other guys. Well, I went with those other guys and I regretted it. It was like a three month process for the refi. When I, when I bought my house here in Colorado, it was the easiest transaction for real estate I've ever had in my life. He handles everything. Like he has the heart of an educator, the heart of a teacher. And that's why we recommend him. I've known him for 10 years. I was best friends with his brother in college. I'm still good friends with Casey to this day. And we, we recommend him because of how good he is. So if you want to utilize Casey, give him a call, find out any information. Give him a shout at 919-710-1864. Or you can also reach him at email at casey.burns at primelending.com. And also go check out his website. Get all of his reviews at www.closewithkc.com. Thanks, y'all. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast. This is Evan sitting here with your host, Luke, your co-host, Perry, and another special guest, Mr. Caleb Jordan, the infamous snorer you've all heard about. What's up, guys? going on fellas how y'all doing doing well i figured uh hle needed to get involved with the make a wish foundation so we brought caleb on this week <laughs> it's good to get back man gotta <laughs> gotta get our charitable outreach for the day uh hey guys i'm caleb and uh i'm part of the special needs program so appreciate <laughs> <it>. <laughs> oh, oh shit now you guys remember caleb from the uh ridiculous texas episodes as uh off the rails in Texas and the listener questions in Texas. So if you guys haven't listened to those, go back and you can get fully introduced to Caleb in his, uh, in all of his glory. Uh, hopefully we keep this one a little bit more on the rails, but I absolutely doubt we will. I think we're going to do a little bit about our, uh, recap on our Florida trip. Uh, all the boys or some of the boys from the HLE team met down there, stayed with John and Andrew, and we did a b- bunch of fishing, little spear fishing, little deep sea fishing or offshore fishing. I don't, I don't really know the difference mileage wise, but but yeah, we'll go ahead and kind of start off talking about it. I'm gonna, why don't you kind of give us a little recap, Perry? Yeah, it was the first what we hope to be annual HLE team, team member trip. Um, didn't have the entire team, but we had a, a decent start. Like you said, John and Andrew are down there in Florida, um, Evan's old stomping grounds from years ago. And so, yeah, the, the four of us here, uh, joined John and Andrew um, for a, just kind of a quick weekend down there. I was, I think I was the last one to arrive. And by the time I got there, y'all had already done a little bit of spearfishing, which I know John has done a decent amount of. He's been in Florida, what, a handful of months now. So he's kind of learned the ropes and some of the spearfishing stuff. So he took, uh, was it just you and Caleb that went out, Luke? Yeah, it was just, it was just me and Caleb. Yeah, John's been down there. Hell, they've been down there for about a year and a half now. So he's uh, he's gotten into spearfishing pretty pretty hot and heavy, which is cool because it's basically just hunting underwater is is how you want to think of it. Uh, you're down there with the spear gun, just trying to stalk fish and then shoot them. It's pretty cool. Was it your first time going spearfishing, Caleb? Yeah, it was my uh, first one and probably my last one. I did not have fun. <laughs> it was awful. Every like, time I, w- I would come up, Caleb would just be hugging the side of the pier, just not looking good at all. Oh, man. <laughs> Breaking no, water I, lines. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm just breaking shit and freaking out. That's pretty much all I did. So, You're not a fan of the water, bro? Uh, it's not necessarily the water, but the combination of trying to have a snorkel and then as you're looking down, you're naturally just going to follow the direction that you're looking. So I kept freaking sucking water. <sighs> and I just didn't. It wasn't me. Not, not for <laughs> me. I liked, I liked uh, being able to pull myself around in the shallow end, though. That was pretty. I enjoyed that. <laughs> water was clear, and I was like, cool. I can breathe, and I can see. I'm, I'll do that all day long. Okay, well, me and you will do a spearfishing trip in uh belize or some something somewhere where it's super clear and you can see down 20 feet because i'm with you man i do not like being in the water when you can't see well you could i don't i don't know you could see pretty good but i think i'll do better with like a tank on my back obviously than try just try and fuck around with the snorkel and then your ears go underwater you start freaking out and i'm like nope and so i think with just a tank on my back it would be better how deep was the water you boys were in? Like five foot. Well, <laughs> Caleb never left like the this side of the shore. I was diving probably about 15, 20 feet when I went out. Um, but yeah, where Caleb was was about five, ten feet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was five foot, and then it just went to no foot, which was out of the water. So either way, I was fine with that. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so what John's strategy is, is kind of on the bay side, uh, he hasn't done any on the golf yet because the golf you're going way deeper but uh he'll basically just go around these private marinas and i guess the, the way the law is written as long as you stay in the water and you don't touch anything on the dock it's you know it's public so you can swim and the uh uh the sheep's head will just eat the barnacles off the side of the the pier poles off the docks or the posts as they go into the water which john didn't tell me that so i was like I had no idea where i was looking for these fucking things i was just like diving around found that out later that sounds like John. Just Dude, I was going to say, man, I love John, but I've hunted with him. I have bow fished with him, and he's not like a – he's more of a bring you out there and just you learn as you go type thing. He's not the one to give you a class. That's for damn sure. No, like he gave me a class on like the gun and everything and made sure I knew how to like, you know, set it up and recover it and reset it. But then other than that, it was basically just like, all right, let's go. And he just like took off, and I was like – what the fuck am I even looking for? Like, I've never done this before. Uh, the first dock we went to, I had a shot on one, but it was smaller. And like, he was telling me there was like some really big ones. So I was like, I'll just wait. And uh, we ended up getting kicked out of there because at one point, so there's like PVC piping that runs underneath all the docks. It's like the water lines that run to each of the boats. And I guess Caleb came up at one point coughing water and like freaked out and grabbed one of those PVC pipes and ripped it fucking off. And so there's water spilling and everywhere and so i come up and john comes up and john like kind of swims out from the dock a little bit and this old boy standing on the dock just starts yelling at him he's like hey you're fucking tra- trespassing we're gonna call the law you're tearing out water lines you got y'all, y'all need to get get on <laughs> i tell you what man you're lucky those docks weren't uh weren't electrocuted i've heard of i've heard of people wiring up their docks to prevent people from i just thought about that as you were talking about it to prevent you know trespassers from coming up and getting shocked and you come up and grab that thing dude that's that's pretty that's fucking brutal man y'all yeah. remember what i told y'all about my old high school coach <laughs> used to hook a battery to his deer stand so people wouldn't steal it <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that'd be awesome 
I'm pretty Could sure it was on one of the podcasts. Yeah, it was on one of the podcasts with Carter. When we were talking about the trespassers he had yeah. on his land. <laughs> oh, so Perry hasn't been watching or listening to the podcast that he's not on. Noted, Perry. I, I don't even think I've seen that one. Like, well, I don't you think would listen to it, but well, no, I don't think I've seen it populate on uh, on the Apple I- iTunes or whatever the podcast Applecast. Applecast. <laughs> I don't know what is it called. I don't know what the fuck it's called, but. Uh, I don't even think I don't even know if it populates on on it. Remember I, whenever all that shit was happening? I think it was the uh, it's the sixth generation mountain trash episode. Yeah, I think it was. We recapped oh, yeah. turkey mm-hmm. season, or yeah. was it the one before we did turkey? I don't remember. Anyway, I think it's the one we did for turkey season because that's why Carter was talking about all the trespassing he had, which is yeah. what got us on the subject of because we were talking about uh, rigging up different things for for folks that might be stealing tree stands or. Uh, Trail cameras. I mean, that's a hell of a strategy. You could have them rigged up to where they like have the ink bombs, so you like pull off the fucking trail cam and you just get hit with ink. Yeah. <laughs> oh. that'd be awesome. I need to. I need to start working on that, Luke. You acquire the ink, and I'll. I'll start working on the the actual device. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think ink's pretty cheap, but <laughs> well, it's a very specific type of ink, bud. Anyway, back on track here. So. You're going around the docks looking for the sheep's head. Yeah, yeah. So I really enjoyed it. Um, it was it was harder than I thought it was going to be. Honestly, like you see these like videos of guys in this like crystal clear water, and they're just like swimming up to a fish and just like shooting in the side. And you're like, that looks easy. Like as with most things outdoors, hunting, fishing, or whatever, it always seems like it's going to be fucking easier than it is. And anytime you go in thinking like, oh, this is going to be a cakewalk, it's not. And so it's hard for me to find them. If I did see him, by the time I see, saw him, I was spooking him because, like, you, you basically just have to float with, like, the gun out in front of you and, like, you're barely moving your feet. If you – I was kind of moving my hands probably too much, just kind of paddling around. It's really not swimming. You're just floating up to him and then trying to shoot him. But, of course, John pops out of the water, and he's got six big sheep's head on the side of his stringer, and I haven't seen shit. I was like, God damn it. So what's a what's a big sheep's head? I mean, what's the average size? Is it an easy target or are they relatively small? I can't remember. They're a good size. Caleb can probably talk more about like their average size. This is my first interaction with them at all. Yeah, they, they're kind of like small black drum is what some of them look like to me. Um, the I think the big the bigger ones are like twenty inches, twenty two inches. I want to say I think they're what we were getting were fifteen to eighteen probably. Yeah, somewhere in there. I'd say, and that that one that that big one that John got was. Probably every bit 18, I would say. Well, it's cool because as you start to get in this into this and you learn it, if you're living on the coast, like there's some upfront investment. You're probably looking to spend about $1,000 on all your gear. And it's like anything else. You can probably buy, you know, lighter end stuff that's not going to last as long. But if you're going to buy like pretty good, good quality stuff that's going to last you for a couple of years, um, you're looking at spending about $1,000. But once you got all that, you can literally just jump in like on your way home from work put your wetsuit on, grab your shit, jump in, kill four or five fish, jump out in 30, you know, half hour, and then drive home and then have fresh sheep's head tacos for dinner. Like, that's what a lot of the old boys do. It's it's really cool. It's kind of a cool culture thing. I hadn't really been exposed to it before. It's definitely something I would probably take advantage of if I was going to be down there, you know, just face the fear of drowning that I have and overcome it, you know. It's definitely – a damn good way to get meat i mean i sure as hell enjoyed eating those fish tacos and i love fishing so yeah they were tasty as hell 
They're real good. I was so I used to catch sheephead down there off the jetty, and man, the first time I caught them, and I don't I don't mean like spear fishing. I just mean like traditional fishing. That I was so impressed by their teeth, man. And going back to what you were talking about, Luke, with their eating barnacles, it makes sense because a barnacle shell is hard as hell. But for anyone that is not seeing a sheep's head up close, do not try to lip that thing when you unhook it, um, or you're probably going to get some stitches. They got like old man teeth. Yeah, <laughs> look like <laughs> old like old men with dentures or some shit. It's like kind of jut out. They're creepy is what they are, dude. Their yeah, mouths are, are creepy. <laughs> you've seen, you've probably seen them before on like, there's like memes and shit, with like some of the bigger ones, like the really big teeth that have floated around. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're pretty cool. Um, and there's, there was a, what was the other ones he was killing John or uh, what were the other ones that John was killing Caleb? It was sheep said another one that he, he hit mostly. Oh, well, I don't think we got any snapper there, like mangrove snapper. Um, it's the, yeah, the mangrove snapper. Yeah. In the mangroves. Yeah, that's what that's what was the other one. He he hit one. I was I was actually it was cool. I was right next to him when he shot it, and I got to see him hit it. And then, like, he went to, like, get it, and it, like, swam off. And he tried to, like, swim after it, but he couldn't get it. But, I mean, I think it was dead. It was going to dive, but he just came off the, the barb. I don't know. Those things can be – I mean, well, I don't know about that specific specific – type of fish but i was impressed as hell when i started bow fishing and dude granted catfish are hard as hell to kill but we would kill a catfish dude and then throw it in the trash can we'd be out there bow fishing it wasn't in water because we we're going to keep it um and it would just be in a trash can on ice and five hours six hours later at the end of the night the catfish is still alive it's crazy so man it, like- it might they that fish might have lived I doubt it for how small they are. I mean, those the catfish and carp are just kind of a different fucking breed. Um, yeah. cat, you just can't kill catfish. I remember being a kid when we catch them, we drive nails through their heads, nail them to the. We have a catfish pond that's in my family, and we had a big table that was out there, and there's a big. We had a big like oak plank that we used this cutting board. I remember you nail the heads to the cutting board and then flay them off that, and then sons of bitches will still be alive. I remember being a kid and like feeling bad because these were flaying these fish and they're like trying to breathe. I don't know. Whenever uh, I was up in Jacksonville, man, I wouldn't have less than like 15 pounds of flounder in my freezer in the, in the barracks room. So yeah, me and my buddies, we'd always go um, gigging at night and just always fill up all the time, have friggin' flounder fillets all day long. When's the best time to gig for flounder in the fall? I would say, well, I don't, I don't know about Florida, but yeah, I'd say fall all the way through probably March until the waters start warming up. Yeah, because they come like closer to the shore when the, it cools off, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, and I think um, I mean you you can always catch them. I think but I don't think they truly ever just fully disappear because where are they gonna they're not gonna go out into the ocean, so they're just in deeper water of wherever wherever you're at. I was gonna say, didn't that guy that uh, didn't Adam that took us out? Didn't he say that they bowfish for him? In the winter, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, 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 because you can just get you can get in two three inches of water on some of those those boats, and they're right there. I've never seen them much past my waist. So, were y'all dry land gigging them, Caleb, or were you on a boat? Uh, we were wading. Yeah, we we built like waterproof or watertight uh, LED lights in some PVC and ran wires to a ATV battery and threw it in a backpack and 
we just go out, wait out there, <laughs> right? Is... Like 40 seconds, man. 40 second drive. Incredible. <laughs> Dude, all the time, man. And hope you didn't fall over and electrocute your hands. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, see, man, my, my brain doesn't go that far until just now. <laughs> Shit, that might have been a little risky. <laughs> There's the disclaimer here, folks. Don't try to rig up an ATV oh. battery. <laughs> Hard line to a PVC pipe with LED lights and go into the fucking ocean. <laughs> anyway, I heard that. I heard that salt water is not a very good conductor anyway, so it's fine. Dude, I didn't go to college, man. I have no idea. <laughs> he didn't. He waterproofed the light, but not the battery. I mean, fuck it. You know, you're still here, buddy. Oh, well, whatever. Batteries in. Yeah, fuck, man. I could have died. I guess. <laughs> man. Well, I did not a hell of a wake up. That's never sure. even freaking crossed my mind until just now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh shit. That's funny considering you were the guy that fixed John and Andrew's electrical issues with their AC unit. Down yeah, but he shocked himself like four times. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> he fried himself. His hey, bullet was a little extra frizzy there for a do, minute. Does it still work? I'm sure it's still running right now. Dude, I was, I was, ecstatic that you fixed that thing man i showed up and it was ninety thousand degrees in that house our fishing our fishing charter boat was up in the air i was like what the hell did i fly down to florida for but hey props to you hang out with the boys just say that bitch yeah to get shotgun beer blasted to the face (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was good that was good Uh, good yeah that was funny yeah, John Andrews' AC went out, and it was we were sucking like it was like ninety something degrees in the house, no airflow. Outside was even worse with the sun. It's Florida in July, like we were, we were not happy. And uh, Caleb went out there and fucking redneck MacGyver that shit, and got got the AC running again after a couple trips to Home Depot, and I don't know, shocking himself four or five times. <laughs> yeah, that show was pretty funny. It was, uh, that's why it's funny, man. I was like, yo, Andrew, come with me. Because <laughs> if I get locked up, you're going to have to tackle me off of this thing. And sure <laughs> as shit, if, I, if as soon as I didn't put my hand down in there, I got zapped. I was like, God damn. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Lord. Well, yeah. So after after the uh, eating some uh, sheep's head and uh, a night of fairly late drinking or early drinking, however you want to look at it. I think we went to bed about 4 a.m. We uh, had a fishing charter the next day. So Evan, why don't you kind of talk about our <laughs> our adventures with the fishing charter and how all that went? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so a guy that I knew when I was down there met this guy at a karaoke bar, um, of all things, and he ended up being a buddy. We bass fished a lot when I was there. We would go around fish golf course ponds, and which is – the legality is questionable. Just to throw that out there. Don't I don't recommend it. I'm not suggesting that. Disclaimer. Um, it's a but good good way to catch some absolute hogs, dude. Listen, <laughs> there's some trophy bass in golf course ponds. I can just <laughs> tell you right now. So real quick, let's run off on a little tangent. Talk to him. I didn't realize that the golf course ponds had to be stocked with bass. Okay, so yeah, I I have not looked this up, but I got told this when I was living in Florida, and it makes a lot of sense. So basically, any standing uh, piece of water in Florida, fresh water, there are some stipulations, but basically, they are required to have a predator species, uh, typically bass, and it helps with 
bugs and other things if you're going to have a pond. So even like those, if you're driving in a super populated area and you see like one of those big corporate buildings and it has a water fountain out front, it's going to have bass in it typically. And a lot of times you can fish them. Um, golf course ponds, you cannot, but if you're like me and you just have six changes of clothes in your truck and you get kicked off of one, you just bounce to the next one, change your clothes, come back, you know, and just rinse and repeat throughout the week. And they're none the wiser. (laughs) (laughs) Just, uh, just like we don't recommend, uh, going into the salt water or the fucking ATV battery on your back. We also don't recommend you guys illegally fishing these, uh, golf course ponds, but it's a good place to catch bass and they're also a good place to gig frogs, which I found out in high school. They are. But yeah, so I, that's how I met Jordan, karaoke bar, bass fishing, and then he's a fishboat captain. Um, and so actually when I was living down there, Perry and my dad came down and he took us out. And then I went out with him one more time. <clears throat> and so, of course, he was like my first go-to for this trip. Well, due to some complications. And then ultimately his boat broke down the day before. Um, and so he called me and was like, bro, I'm sorry. My boat's literally getting towed back right now. Something, one of the charters that he was on, one of the guests, I guess somehow inadvertently broke a cable. I'm not really sure the details. Anyway, he had to get towed back, which ended up kind of paying out for us because we had a morning charter. And then as late as we stayed up the night before, it was kind of nice to have that afternoon charter. But, uh, so he put us in touch with another guy that ended up being phenomenal, um, Everyone got along with him great, and he ended up taking us out. Uh, I think we were targeting we were targeting Red Snapper and Grouper. Mostly got Red Snapper, pretty successful. Luke got a Grouper. Well, we all caught Grouper, and then the sharks fucking stole them, or they broke off. But it was a all in all, I'd say it's pretty successful given the <laughs> the gloomy writing on the wall at the beginning of the trip. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, I had one that I felt like was pretty damn big based on how it was fighting compared to the other ones. And I got it to the top and that shark came to the top and hit it. And you could, like, we saw the shark. It was wild. I'd never seen, I mean, I don't have a ton of experience in saltwater fishing at all. I've done it three times now, Uh, but it was, it was fucking pretty cool to see. I mean, it sucked losing the fish, but it's cool to see a shark just smack that fish. I think, was it you, Caleb, that had a shark that took it and then was actually like, I thought we were running the shark up for a minute because it was running with it for a, for a hot second. It was either, I think it was you, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's some, I, I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a shark because the way he took off. And uh, yeah, I was hoping that we were going to get it up. He started to turn a little bit, but I think he had that one last little fuck you in him and it broke the line. So that was pretty cool. It was a good, good adrenaline rush whenever something bigger than what you've been catching <laughs> takes off and runs. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Especially because we didn't exactly have a, a slammer day of fishing. I mean, it was kind of hot and cold. It started off, we were getting bites, and then it just died. And then, to Adam's credit, like he he, if we if it got cold, one spot got cold. He pulled up anchor, and we went. He found somewhere else, and you know he kept getting us on the fish. But it was nice to have those little uh, action packed sequences, even though we ended up losing a bunch to the sharks. Yeah, I think we would have. I think we would have tagged out i use that term ignorantly because i don't know if that's a thing i'm guessing it is for those game species down there Um, yeah catch your limit yeah yeah you hit our limit i guess but if every fish that we had hooked we would have got to the boat i think we would have hit our limit for sure because i mean we we were catching fish a lot there for a minute but not that one spot that 
both incidents we were just talking about with the sharks. I mean, I think everyone lost at least two fish to sharks. I know I lost two. Luke, you lost like fucking four. Yeah, I lost four or five. I lost a lot. I was getting really frustrated there. It was it was cool to see the one shark, and then after that, it got real fucking old. Yeah, damn sharks. Do you have that same problem where you're at, Caleb, with, with sharks? And I know another thing that can be a problem is dolphins. Is that something you've run into before? Man, uh, down here is a little different. If you want to go and do what we did down there, we'd have to go like 60 miles offshore. So most of the fishing down here is more or less inland, trying to get uh, flounder, trout, red drum. And a lot of people come down to fish just to get what they call the uh, the Texas slam, which is those three. And uh, yeah, so little different. I guess the guys that do go that, you know, 60 to 80 miles offshore, they probably do run into the same thing. But as far as fishing in the bay, I would consider what we did kind of bay fishing. Um, I, I've not had that issue, no. That's pretty interesting, the difference. And, I mean, it's the Gulf, but it's just one side of the Gulf versus the other. Like Caleb's talking about, obviously, the Texas Gulf, and we're talking about the Florida Panhandle Gulf. And the the difference in finding the same species. What what was the furthest we went out? Seven miles off offshore versus sixty. At what at what point is it like deep sea versus offshore? I think uh, deep sea is outside of twenty, or whenever you get to like the. Does it have to do with depth? Like Atlantic Shelf. I don't, I don't know if you. What whatever the the federal waters are, is yeah. what is that? That's. 20 is that 20 miles or something like that yeah i think it's based off of like federal waters but okay that makes sense i i don't know i, I honestly I, I couldn't tell you I, but i'd say deep sea is pretty significantly out there depending on where you're at like north carolina you know that's usually when you're catching like fucking marlin and like mm-hmm. sailfish and like these massive trophy fish right it's all deep sea and there's like a couple grand a fucking person <laughs> yeah they're quite expensive so i think i looked at one and it was gonna be it was a three-day trip and it's like 3500 bucks a person minimum of six people damn, damn. that's steep like, yeah but i mean i guess you're coming back with a couple hundred pounds of meat like it would kind of yeah. mitigate some of that yeah yeah i think Dude, i need I... to kill an elk though before i spend the money on a marlin personally poor canelo's dose homie you know what that means, Russian Luke. That means why not both in Spanish, you dumb fuck. Ah, I thought that was uh, Japanese or some shit. You're know. from Texas, you ignorant ass. Oh, yeah, I am. I what are you saying, th- Luke? Yeah, I was going to say, what does that mean? <laughs> he, sh- he should know how to speak a little Spanish. <laughs> I do. Uno, mas, cerveza. And... <laughs> that's about it. That's, up, that's all yep. you need. Yep. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't know any Spanish. It's quite upsetting. It's not surprising though. Adam said he uh, he has been out deep, or he had a buddy that has been out deep, didn't he? That goes out. Yeah, he yeah he does, and I know Jordan has a, a guy or two that that does it, and Adam Adam and Jordan obviously know each other, but yeah, I mean that wouldn't be at the top of my list, but that would be something fun to do. Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely point. not definitely not knocking it, but I I just I don't know. I have this. I probably have a personal vendetta against elk hunting not against it in that sense but like i want to go elk hunting so bad because i've 
missed that opportunity to go with uh, Chad and Trent for the last four years, and it's been staring me in the face. So like, if I'm going to spend any money on or any big money on a trip, I want to get that daggum bull out of the way before I go Marlin. However, see, I don't, I don't see why Evan gets the trip. Perry and I are the ones that fucking hosted uh, Chad and Trent. You haven't even met Trent yet. You were fucking sl- sleeping while we were fucking doing all the hard work. This oh, is, is that true. what I was doing. This is a good that, point. Is that how I, that's an interesting perspective, Luke? I, I think it's, I think it's a pretty valid point. Like we were the ones playing hosts, facilitating them, moving our hunts around to host your buddies, and then Evan gets to go kill the elk. I, I don't. I think at least it needs to be Perry, if not me. Hey, dude, just, I didn't, I didn't fucking draw a tag, so I'm, I'm trying to tag along, and I'm just gonna steal some of Evan's elk meat, especially since I haven't gotten my fucking fish back from you, you jerk. It's because well, you dropped it to Fayetteville. All. You know where I live. Now it's sitting over there getting freezer burnt. I don't know why you didn't fly back with a cooler on your carry-on. Because I'm an idiot and I didn't think about it. I told you to do that. <laughs> oh man. So that yeah, that's a that's kind of a, we can talk about that. So um, I've kind of touched on this in the past, but same thing for my halibut trip coming back from Alaska, and then with the fish that I caught in. Uh, the grouper I caught in because they just divvied up the snapper and then I kept my one grouper. And then uh, John sent me home with some some sheep's head that he had caught and frozen a few few weeks back. I just, once again, I used the Ozark Trail. Um, I have one of the Yetis about the same size, but I prefer the Ozark Trail because the way it folds, soft coolers. And I actually checked it because military, we get three free check bags and I only used one. But if you want to, you can just put that on your, your carry-on. I've used it like with frozen meat in it as a carry-on bag. It's pretty cool. It's a good little hack there to get – you can get about 50 pounds of meat in a carry-on bag. Yeah, I definitely should have done it. You, you, I mean, you did tell me to do it, and then I just forgot about it and wasn't thinking. But if we do that trip again, if we head back down to Florida next summer or whenever, it's definitely a good little trick and be worth the time. Yeah, it's just expensive to ship it. The my halibut, my buddy kept telling me, or Pat kept telling me, like, hey, just ship it, just ship it. That's what everybody does. I was like looking at the rates, and I think I had forty pounds of meat, and I can't remember exactly what it was going to cost, but it was very expensive. And I checked it, and I expected to pay the extra check bag fee because I already had three, but she didn't even charge me for the extra bag, so it was, it was completely free to fly all that halibut back home. Man, we fly to Washington State a lot, and um. So a lot of times we go out there and it's during or post the salmon run. And the amount of f- boxes of frozen fish that are being flown during the salmon run is insane. Like when you're going to the PNW and <laughs> I'll never forget this one poor guy. He had his whole family. You could tell that like they were up there for a minute and, you know, they were, they, let's just say not to stereotype here, but let's just say they, ver- they fit in with the PNW stereotypes. You know, they were pretty granola. And this poor guy though, man, he had six boxes of fish and two of them busted open and were just like frozen spilled out fish all over the conveyor belt at the baggage claim in the airport. And he's just like trying to pick up this disgusting mess of half melted fish all over the conveyor belt like getting in other people's luggage and shit like that it was oh dude it was a nightmare it was i felt so bad for everyone involved that's why i really like the the soft like 
heavy duty coolers like either like the yeti knockoffs or we'll use one of the yetis i've used my yeti flip like the rectangle one um just not as big i was absolutely blown away i would have never expected that that many people just put it in boxes frozen to fly it yeah like, i wouldn't not, do that because it's I'm not shitting you, like, in a box legitimate boxes like cardboard boxes just packaged and taped up my guess is it has styrofoam it's got to have styrofoam insulation on the inside bro i'm telling you right now they looked they looked like big amazon packages like hmm. taped up because i do know that they will sell uh like in alaska they sold basically like travel like the boxes to ship or it's it looks like a box but it's got styrofoam insulation on the inside kind of what our uncle lance who's a pharmaceutical rep he used to have it was like cardboard with the styrofoam just on the call inside. him a drug dealer luke we all do yeah he, he was a drug dealer or is a drug dealer for <laughs> one of the largest drug cartels in the country lily <laughs> up there with j and j and pfizer and Moderna, but we won't get into that. <laughs> Dang, my my uh, my uncle also worked for Lily back in the day. Pretty crazy. We might have the same uncle. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> no. Caleb, we're kin, man. <laughs> Sorry, oh, Marcy. <laughs> dang, now it's not weird to be. We could all be like kissing cousins and shit. Hell yeah! <laughs> I'm about it. We just real. It wasn't listeners. weird before. <laughs> Well, you and Evan have the same facial hair, so. No, mine's better than Caleb. Fuck you. Even Derek <laughs> said it. I heard that on the other podcast because I actually listened to him, Perry. Yeah, yeah. Dude, your facial hair looks like my dog's shaved butt right now. Caleb, <laughs> don't be reaching for Sandlot jokes, okay? Is that a Sandlot joke? It is. I've never even seen the movie. What the fuck is wrong with you? Dude. I'm sheltered, bud. Keep this guy off the team, Luke. That's what the, right. the lifeguard and the fat guy makes out with it, right? It's the skinny guy. Not the, it's the skinny, oh, nerdy skinny guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh, Wendy Peppercorn. Total babe. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on this episode of the Hot Lifty <laughs> Podcast, we're oh, breaking man, down yes. Sandlot for you. But anyways, uh, back to, to where we're talking about flying with meat and then uh, fishing. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we're going to try to do uh, – we're trying to do two two HLE trips a year with the team. One will be a fishing trip. One will be a, like kind of a hunting trip, or at least just getting everybody together. It, it's logistically it's hard with a hunting trip, depending on the number of folks. But but yeah, so uh, we ended up. Fuck, do you guys remember the name of his charter? Give him a shout out. He told me and I forgot. No, I meant to save sure it. And I didn't. Oh, dude, I thought he just took took his boys out for money. I don't. I couldn't even. T- I didn't know. No, he has a website. I looked it up, and he didn't have uh, social media, so I couldn't. I didn't like find it, and I forgot what it was. But I have his I, number. If you want, you can add it to the show notes. If you do that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, just text him and ask him if it's cool, and, and ask him the name of his thing. And we'll put the website in there because he was yeah. awesome. Honestly, Adam was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, he grabbed this at late notice, and then. Uh, took us out and I mean, he got us on fish. And like Perry said, what, what I really liked is like, we didn't just sit there wasting time. It was all about like getting us out. If the fish weren't hitting where we were, we, we pulled anchor, we jumped to the next place and then we didn't have a great haul. So he, he ran us for another couple hours and then charged us for his, his uh, lower rate based on the amount of fish we caught. So, I mean, it, it was cool. He was a, he was a great dude. Plus he's like a bro. Like he could be one of the boys. Like he was funny as hell. Cool to hang out with. Uh, I think we're definitely going to use him in the future. And then he does a couple different, uh, things on the side as well. So yeah, definitely, definitely. If the, you go down to Florida, the Destin area, I, I highly recommend him for a fishing charter. 
And to clarify, the other things on the side that Luke's talking about are legal activities as kind of sketchy as that just sounded. Well, it's because he did We're going we're gonna to use him for a few other things on the side, but I'm not going to talk about it because, you know. Well, how else do you get your fucking cocaine? How, no, but <laughs> he – that was a joke. He uh, he used to do a bunch of guiding for like bowfish and a bunch of that shit. And he doesn't really do it that much commercially anymore, but just like talking to him, he said he'd probably hook us up if we wanted to come down and do one. So I didn't want to like advertise that because it's not something he really does anymore. Next, next time we do it – Dude, we, we definitely need to do a full day, like, just bite the bullet. And Agreed. Don't drink so late the, the, the day before and do a full freaking, it'd be cool to hit inland, like inshore, and then um, obviously what we were doing, like bay fishing or even deeper, and um, depending on the type of, time of year, I mean, you'd be hitting um, red red you know red drum um specs all day long and then hop out and try to get on some like king king mackerel and grouper again that'd be pretty dope that would be a lot of fun when he said the fishing because he had been out that morning before he took us and he said the fishing that morning was was pretty good i mean i've got confidence that he knows they caught like 16 blacks yeah yeah so dude i feel like because there were what five of us on the boat plus him Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like if we were out all day, you know, and he had it planned ahead of time, I feel like we'd each come back with a, a good amount of fish. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think that's the, definitely the way to do it. I, I've learned a lot about the fishing charters. Uh, just I've done two this year. I've never. I've only done one inshore prior to, and the more time you have, the better. Like, don't try to go like on a four hour trip. Like. It's all day. Like just commit the day, pay the money, and just hit it all day because that's the way you're going to catch fish. Because, I mean, when we were halibut fishing, we didn't – I was the only one really catching much. It was just sheer luck. I mean, there's no skill involved in fishing. Like, I mean, I guess knowing how to set a hook. But other than that, it's really not a whole lot on round hooks. And uh, But we, we caught most of our weight because Pat caught that big one at the end, and it was the last hour that we really started bringing them in. We really caught up, started catching a lot of those sea bass. So, like, I think the 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 more time you got on the water, the better. I would concur with that, and also for anyone out there that's considering doing one and hasn't understand, you know, I thought about it as you were talking about um, doing the whole day and what Adam was telling us. Like he said, he had that group. He was talking about one of the groups that he took out that got irritated with him because they spent like an hour and a half catching bait, which is pretty standard on a fishing charter, um, depending on what you have set up. Like when we did just did it in Florida, you know, you catch your bait. You're not, it's not like the captains just magically got bait there. So typically to get the best bait, you try to catch it. A lot of times they'll bring f- frozen bait, cut bait as uh, to supplement it. But I guess it's not a common thing to think that you're going to spend, you know, a decent portion of your time just sitting there catching bait fish or, you know, your captain throwing, what do they, what do they call them? Caleb, the, the circle nets or something like that. The cast nets. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but to, man, to catch your live bait. I don't, I don't think it's really that. Um, I don't think catching your bait really is that common. I mean, every charter that I've been on and the ones that um, I just see all the time, like they, they normally like buy, live bait as it is or they'll have there will be a bait boat that runs around typically in the morning to noon selling selling all the live baits so 
I, I don't know. Maybe I could, yeah, I could see a lot be, of people doing it. But. It could be location specific too, but I remember you asking Adam about the bait boat and he, he said that out, it's, sometimes it's out there. Sometimes it's not. And there's only like yeah. one, I guess, in Destin, which is surprising because Destin's a massive fishing hub in the U S but every, every fishing charter I've been on in Destin, Jesus has a, uh, we've caught our bait prior. So it could be location dependent, you know? Yeah. yeah I wonder maybe. if it's also species de- uh, dependent because yeah, it could be, yeah. And we were fishing, you know, primarily, like I said, snapper and grouper. And dude, I mean, there was a definite difference. I felt like when we were using the the good fresh live bait and our bait fish were still alive. And as opposed to the couple of times where, you know, the bait would die or you tried some frozen or cut bait, it didn't seem, you didn't seem to get as many bites, but I wonder if you were fishing for other species that just might not give a shit as much and they might, it might not matter as much if you had live bait or not. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea on that. Well, yeah, Kev, there you go. You got a, you've been talking about wanting to get a job doing fishing, man. You, you need to be the second Destin bait fish captain. <laughs> Dude, I bet I'd probably crush it. Probably. I honestly had a, like a blast catching those bait fish. Like it was fun as hell. It was like a lot yeah. of shit talking. Like we're, I mean, we're going back and forth. Like, I mean, with us, it never stops anyways, but it was just fun trying to see who could pull up as many off one line at, at once. Like it, I don't know. I think people get too wrapped up in the shit. Like to me, it's all about the experience. And if I get to take home, you know, 10, 40 pounds of meat, like depending on what I'm fishing for, like that's just icing on the cake. If you go out, you don't catch a damn thing. Like just being out on the water, it's something you can't do. Like it's cost prohibitive for us to just like go out in the ocean like that. We, get, we don't own boats. Like, you know, you're, you're paying a fee for that. And then you're getting the fish on top of it. You're paying for, they know the spots, they know where all the wrecks are, all the structures. So People That's the thing is having a little too wrapped up in the well, you know having trust. Like, in, yeah, sorry. Yeah, and having trust in your captain. I mean, if your captain, I mean, Adam clearly knew what he was doing. He said he'd been down there for what ten or twelve years. Yeah, something know, like that. As a captain, so if your if your captain says, "Hey, we need to go spend an hour catching bait fish," then it seems to me like he knows that that hour is going to be time well spent because it's going to pay off on the back end when you have good fresh bait for whatever you're going after. I mean, that's going to, so. Yeah. That that and like, it really like that, the bait fishing, I I think we took probably a little bit more time than what we needed, obviously. Cause we, we, I don't think we used even all the live bait that we did have. No, we ran out of bait, dude. Oh, did did we? Oh, I thought we had like, like a 10 or some shit left or six. No, no. Cause I I threw that big honker in there and tried to catch something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, but man, like, yeah, like you said, it was, it was, it was honestly enjoyable. You make a little game out of it and it's just, it's not that hard. You put the line in and oh shit, you pull it out and there's fish on there. So like (laughs) it's, it's quick and easy, you know, it's not like a tedious thing. I mean, hell even Perry caught fish and, he couldn't catch the clap in a strip club. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Oh man. It was, it was overall enjoyable time. Um, I, I highly recommend it. If you, if nobody's, if you, you know, you're listening, you've never gone out and done one of these fishing charters, definitely check it out. It's, it's a good way. It's, it's very social. I mean, you're bullshitting the whole time. It's not, it's not very serious. It's not hard. I mean, the, the charter captain's putting you on fish. So it's, it's definitely a great time. We, we had a blast. It was an awesome trip. Honestly, at the end, we were all like, damn, I wish we had like another couple of days. Like it, in hindsight, like we need to like, like really plan and stack up some more of that. I'd rather just, if we're going to do it, like let's do two or three days of fishing. 
Um, even if it's just, we're planning to do, you know, just off the, um, just shore fishing or spear fishing or whatever, and just really plan it out. Well, I'm, I'm super excited. We met Adam for the bow fishing connection. Cause I think dude, as much fun as I had bow fishing with John freshwater, I bet doing it saltwater for flounder and stuff like that in the bay would be even better. And I was pretty pumped when he said that, you know, that's something we could take advantage of essentially year round from the way I understood it, unless I miss misheard something or misinterpreted something that he was saying. But I mean, you know, even if we ha- basically what I'm saying is if we had the opportunity to go down there in the off season from one of the game species that's running, we could still have a blast getting out on the water and getting some fish, you know, a hundred percent. And that's the cool thing about like building that relationship. Um, and we'll continue, like I said, to use him cause he, he doesn't really offer the bow fishing to the public uh, very often anymore. He kind of said he's gotten out of it. It's just too exhausting to do that on top of the charters. But he seemed to like us, so he said he, he'd be willing to do that, which would be which would be super cool. And he does it for a few of his other clients that he does regularly. So I think that's with anything. Like if you continue to build a relationship with whoever you're going to use, whether it's an outfitter out west, a fishing boat charter, like you just foster. You know, you get to the point that you're not even. It's not just client you know, guide relationship, you become buddies. Like, yeah, it's still a business and you still need to pay them what they're worth, but you can kind of get some of that more special treatment, uh, which is nice. You know, that's that consistency is building the relationship. That's kind of what I'm trying to do right now is we we're building a relationship with a leasing company out in, uh, about three hours from where I'm at in, in the East side of Colorado, Evan and I are going to go hunt some mule, mule deer, uh, does with, uh, some private land vouchers, which hopefully in future seasons will result in us getting first dibs on some buck vouchers or not first dibs, but just getting access to the to buck vouchers. Yeah. I'm so. super excited for that. I'm very excited to make that trip happen. That kind of just, I wasn't expecting that hunting trip. So when you texted about that and with that opportunity, I was extremely pumped to be able to jump in on that. And hopefully we'll, I mean, it's, it's a mule deer doe tag. But for me, that's never been out west killing a mule deer. Like I'm ecstatic just for that opportunity, man. I know a lot of people might snub their nose, but I'm I'm extremely pumped. Fuck them, dude. Mule deer eat great, and like I've never killed a mule deer. Yeah, exactly. I still kind of sit there and think about that one that I watched for fucking three and a half hours, and wonder if I should have <laughs> just shot it and drug it over the property line. But you made the right call, man. I, I get I it. Did, I but, definitely understand. Uh, but you made the right call. You didn't. I'm just hoping. I'm I'm humbling <laughs> Caleb. You did. <laughs> you, you didn't. You didn't make call. <laughs> I was trying to make you, you feel better, shot, you know. <laughs> no, you should have shot that motherfucker and then got on your hands and knees, crawled over there, strapped. I don't know how you do it. Strap him somehow and like low crawl it back and called it good. I just want everybody to realize that's the same guy that was walking around the fucking ocean with a goddamn ATV battery strapped to his back. You know, you know what? As my my great grandfather, the one that served in uh, in World War Two, used to say, "If you can't you afford it, steal it." Get the biscuit. <laughs> yeah, can't afford it, steal it. No, you got to risk it to get the biscuit, bud. And I tell you oh, what, man. the biscuits were good. <laughs> no, I'm hoping that that I mean, so mule deer are very, very, very habitual. Like even more than uh, whitetail. Like whitetail have their little home range or whatever, but. Every year, same time of year, mule deer will be in the same spot, like almost to the exact same spot. So I'm really hoping that that buck made it through the season, which I think he did because I was hunting him. I was literally watching him the last day of the season. So um, unless he got popped or poached, he, he should still be around, and he'll be even nicer this year. So uh, our Wyoming camp is like 
a week after the season opens. But the convenient thing for myself is that I live six hours away. So I'm going to drive up the weekend before and try to hunt that bastard before everybody else gets up there. Fuck you, nice. Carter. <laughs> nice. Man, I'm excited for this hunting season in general. It's, you know, A, it's my first one, my first full season back in what, four, four years? Anyway, some, yeah, four or five years. But also, dude, it's going to be my first year archery hunting. It'll be my first time elk hunting, then that mule deer hunt. So like there's a there's a big potential for me to have an incredible hunting season. There's also a big potential for me to get skunked and come away with nothing except experience. But still, it's going to be phenomenal because I'm going to get the experience, you know. Popping all sorts of cherries, man. Yeah, the experience is as valuable as anything else, man. Like that's last year I hunted out west. What I have four tags, and I filled one of them. Like, but I learned so much. Now one of them I flipped my truck and never actually got to do the hunt, so we can just wash that one out. But like the mule deer hunt, I learned a ton about mule deer and how they fucking uh, moved elk. I learned a hundred percent on what not to do, not you know how to not hunt them. I made a ton of mistakes, but it was just a blast. It's just fun just getting out there and just having that experience. Yeah, and I forgot to add in. Thanks to our dear friend, Mr. Caleb there. I'm going to try to, on one of my days here, because Jacksonville is not that far, and he was telling me where he used to hunt bears, and basically it sounds like it's a guarantee to get a black bear um, down there on the coast of North Carolina. Nothing's a fucking guarantee. Well, yeah, I say that now, and then I'm going to go and not get one. But I will say I was down there for work, what, two weeks ago, and we were working on this little island. it was, you know, not far. It was right off the uh, intercoastal waterway, and the uh, for, it's this it's actually this private uh, duck hunting club, and the wildlife biologist that manages the club took us out there, and he took us out to this island. And by island, I mean it's like a thousand acre island. I mean it's a pretty good size, and he was ta- telling me about how this you know this area this region is like the bear capital of the freaking state, and dude, we hadn't been on this island for ten minutes. And we saw two baby bear cubs uh, climbing down a tree, um, young babies, which, you know, of course, then you start looking for the mom, but dude, they're, they're out there and they are freaking all over the place. Well, hell we have four or five rolling around the farm right now. Yeah, it's true. They're popping up on the trail cams just about every day, every couple of days. The problem with, with hunting them in Virginia is like, you can't hunt them over bait. It's so thick. It's not like you can glass them. Um, and we don't have this snow like we used to that you can try to get on a track and go after them. And even on our farm, like it's not very feasible because they cover so much distance. Maybe if you got into the national forest, if you had a good snow, but like, other than that, you're just sheer dumb luck, you know, like, I mean, you're still going to hunt the wind, but like it's, if one walks under to you, I mean, you got the spots, we're getting them on trail cam so we can try to habituate or, you know, figure out their patterns and habituate what they're doing. But like, fuck man like it's so random and that their range is so fucking big like we can we could honestly we could even have we think it's probably you know somewhere between three and five bears but it could be 10 different bears that are just passing through the property we have no real idea i i think we're not far away from seeing i I mean we already have a healthy bear population but seeing a bear population that you can hunt them over bait form i don't think we're far away from seeing that I do because we live in fucking Virginia. Well, we don't live, but we hunt in Virginia, which is basically like Colorado, where the whole state's <laughs> controlled by the population centers. So, like, there's a reason you can't hunt spring, spring bear in uh, Colorado is because of Denver and Boulder. And it's gonna, it's the same thing in Virginia. They're never going to vote debate because Northern Virginia is never going to allow it. 
Yeah, I mean, there's you're not what wrong. They don't there. know. Don't hurt you, buddy. Jesus Christ! Don't listen to Caleb. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you got to risk it for the biscuit, man. <laughs> we already had the game worn game worn at our place to go after that poacher. He's intimately familiar with all of our trails and shit because I had to drive him around. So I'm not risking that. Yeah, thanks, heard- Luke. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Oh yeah, but dude, speaking of that that uh, area that I'm gonna send you out to if if you go, uh, dude, it'd probably be best to put out a cell cam in the area. Because out there, and I don't know if it's just North Carolina, but you can bait. So, like, what I would do is I dumped, like, 100 – dude, I dumped a big-ass corn pile, 150 pounds probably, just straight on the ground in the spot that I thought would be good, put a camera up on it, and, dude, sure shit, hunted this bear for, like, 120 hours probably. I Like, five days I got off, and I just hunted him or her – and she came out and right at the last light and popped her. So I think it's probably going to be because where, where it's at is a training area too. So what county was that, Caleb? Uh, on I, I think it's considered Onslow County. Onslow. Yeah. 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 yeah but, I'm going to, it's, it's literally on. I have my, I have like my adult to do list and then my adult recreational to do list and on, you know, I've got, I literally have like start looking into that. Cause I'm, I'm super, super interested. There's a guy that puts on a shooting course that hunts traditional archery on the <laughs> North Carolina coast for black bear. And he's, he tags out every single year on black bear with a trad bow, which is awesome to me, but, um, that's badass. Yeah. I'm still working that angle. Cause he's, he's, he's got it figured out. I mean, he's got it absolutely dialed in for bears there. Um, he, yeah. well, he said that. He said that it's his biggest problem is deciding which bear he's going to go after because he targets a specific bear or two every year, and that's that's his dilemma. So, yeah, and figure out what kind of bait he's running and how, you know, what what kind of system. Because the guy I was talking to down there, he said a lot of times, you know, corn is is a good bet, but a lot of times if it's an area where there's a lot of planted corn or there's a lot of other bear hunters that are baiting corn, sometimes they can get a little, you know, a little tired of it. You might want to change it up a little bit and then you might have them. Dude, I'll just more interested. bring a trash bag. Supposedly bears can't resist trash, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I just walked back in cause I had to take a piss, but with the bait, like, uh, in Georgia, was Georgia, I think it was Georgia, wherever I was living at some point in my life, there's guys baiting bears. I remember they would do, uh, donuts. They would get like a shitload. They would go get the old stale donuts from, uh, like the different donut shops and buy them, you know, for bags that they're just going to throw away for a couple bucks. And they would fill up a trash can with those and then cover them in like Kool-Aid and shit. <laughs> well, fuck, what else do we have to talk about? Or should we wrap this one up? So I want to, I'm curious while we got Caleb here, man, what are you doing for, we kind of talked about preset preseason prep, uh, what we're doing, you know, the sixth generation mountain trash side of the country, but what are you doing down in uh good old Texas? So, um, honestly, nothing. I'll probably have a couple. <laughs> no, for real, because my tractors are down. So both of my tractors are down. I can't. I can't do anything <clears throat> while they're down. Um, and then whenever I've gone, made time to go up to like the property to prep it. It's always been raining, and so whenever the tractors are up and it's raining, I can't do anything because it's all like super soft clay, and they just sink. So. I got to like figure out 
it couldn't it had to have like not rained within like the past two weeks but i wanted to do food plots and i'm just not i'm not gonna be able to this year so i'll probably run the same thing a little good old bag of corn and an apple on a string and freaking slam and risk it to get the biscuit yeah yeah no i'd like to i think we're gonna do some some clear cuts or um, more rows i guess and open up a couple of the areas on the the land and um i think once we do that i'll be really ready to start doing actual food plots i just haven't messed out go ahead is this a piece of uh land that you lease or is it like a hunt club or no it's uh it's just a family land man it's been in our yeah it's been our family for generations i guess and yeah but i'm the i'm the only one that hunts it so i try to get my mom out there well, and Allie, Allie goes out with me. She she got her first uh, buck last year. That was pretty cool. So, hey, hey Kyle, oh, yeah. when is your when is your season open, man? It, it opens before us, right? It, October third is bow season opening wow. day, and then so we can bow hunt all all year. I assume that's what, it, or not all year, but all season. Um, and we don't have a shotgun season where like it's bow and rifle, and then uh, muzzleloader. Yeah, that's but, that's how Virginia is. Yeah, that that starts like November 11th to January 7th, I think. Is the rest of, that's all rifle season. Oh shit. That's um, a long rifle season. That's at, at least in this county, um I think in some other ones that runs into the end of February maybe. <laughs> but I I don't really hunt to hunt outside of what I know, so what do we, what's the time frame we're looking at to try to chase those pigs? Is that late winter? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as soon, pretty much as soon as the temperature drops below, um, it's like it seems like sixty five out there, they start swarming back. But I think it's more time to when the the farmers they all cut their crops and they just come back. I got a bunch of like hardwoods that drop a shit ton of acorns, and that's all those pigs eat. Dude, do you kill pigs like yearly? Is that I mean, is it like a guaranteed to kill a pig or on your on the land you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but the only thing windows. the only thing is um sometimes they don't like they don't move on the rain. And then but you look on the like on the cameras I got out there and they're only moving in the rain. So I think it has to do with me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm guessing you actually have a massive pig population down there. Yeah, yeah, I've got one herd that's like 75 probably. And then I've got another herd that's like 30. So I've got two over 100 pigs on a 100 acre piece of property, so yes. They're pretty like that's pretty pretty big, but they're not, they're not there all the time, but Yeah, of course. Every time I've been out there 8 out of 10 times, like I don't I don't even really go out there and shoot them, but I'll go check the cameras and uh they they will we're out there, you know, that day, that day or that night. So do you trap at all? No, I f- I'm weird about trap, like trapping them. Um, my cousin that's property butts up to ours, they trap them and then they just go out there and slaughter them. So I'm like, I want to give animal a fighting chance a little bit, you know, as like invasive and destructive as they are. But uh, pigs, dude. yeah, I don't care, man. It's like, I'm not also not. I'm not going to shoot a fish in a barrel either. So, 
Shrapnel is just like really the only way to, to mitigate the population. And uh, if you're trying to actually get the numbers down to help you with your food, especially when you start putting out food plots, man, like they're going to fuck yeah. shit up. So like if you want to start removing population, um, corral traps and then run them with cell cams. And then, I mean, I guess it's kind of a haul for you to get out there. So it's only going to be when you're going to be out there. But, but yeah, man, I, it's also a good way to get a fuckload of pork in the freezer really quickly. You kill a sounder. Like you're gonna have to throw them out because you can't you can't eat it all. Oh, absolutely, and and maybe maybe I'd do it one day, but just like for now, I like the sport of shooting them, and you know, take take nothing more than what I need if I if I want it. And no, I get that. I respect it. It was hard for me to toss pigs at first Um, when I trapped at Georgia. I I kept every single one and just either tried to give it away or just ate it myself and filled my freezer pretty quick, but. Down in Texas when I was hunting them, the other guys didn't want them, and I could only take back so many. So we tossed a lot of them, and it's like, well, I understand not wanting to waste them, but at the same time, they're fucking everywhere, and like you, they breed so fast. You've got to kill them. You've got to remove – I mean, I've talked about in other podcasts, but like 60 to 70% of the population each year to keep the population the same as it was the year before, which is wild. Yeah, that, maybe, maybe whenever uh, – maybe when Evan comes down, we'll – stick some tannerite in the corn pile and, and smoke them. I mean, can't, we can, that's, that'd be pretty sweet. So listen, I'm about it. I know a guy that knows a guy that knows about how to make stuff. So Perry, were you invited on this trip? Am I, or am I the only one that's been left out? No, nah, I wasn't invited at all. He so. invited us in the group chat and I was the only yeah. one that said I would do it. Y'all are just retards and didn't respond. Well, Caleb knows it I'm was, already coming down this year, so it was literally in the group chat, and I just bit on it. I don't, I don't read I the group chat. He doesn't listen to the podcast. Doesn't read the group chat. Yeah, what a yeah. phenomenal team member, Perry. <laughs> You're so contributing, dude. Thanks, appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. Every everybody's invited. Um, I don't give a shit. If anything, it'll turn into us just chilling and drinking a lot and having a good time like we did in Florida so I definitely like to come down someday yeah I'd love to get some hog it'd be it'd be cool to to swing like <laughs> I bet you would <laughs> damn it <laughs> dude the second I said it, I was like yeah I'm just gonna leave it right there let him let him catch it <laughs> uh, oh shit Perry's all about getting that hog get you know that I mean? hog <laughs> But cool. shit, we're we're just over an hour here, so let's go ahead and wrap this one up. I feel like we're running out of shit to talk about, but uh, it was good catching up with the boys and kind of recapping what the Florida trip looked like. You guys got some closing thoughts? I'll start with you, Caleb. <laughs> no, I don't think very much, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit, all right, Evan. <laughs> nah, man, just happy to be here. I know you are. Perry? Yeah, just, uh, you know, wanted to get on some hog and – <laughs> always good to catch up with you girls and looking forward to hunting season man oh man i can't God. wait well there's so many things i want to say there but i'm you know i'm just not i'm not perry's always out there just hunting that hog you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, i do yeah, i do unfortunately <laughs> oh shit Kelly, where can everybody find you on instagram man uh c jordan as uh, i think there's underscore right there and then outdoors I think I don't. I don't know. Hold on, give me a second. Let me look it up. Jesus Christ! All right, we'll get back to you, Evan. What's your Instagram, dude? 
Uh, mine's a little more simple than that. It's just evan.de.eisner. Perry. Perry.r.eisner. And yeah, if you guys want to follow me, check me out at luke.d.cox. It's uh, like these other two bastards copied me. But uh, if you guys want to check out the brand page, hit it up at Huntlifted Official. Uh, we got the new lineup. It's been phenomenal. I've been absolutely blown away by everybody that's been purchasing. I mean, we're we're growing way quicker than I expected. And honestly, it's uh, I mean, it's great and I love it, but uh, it's it's a lot right now with uh, with, my, with my job. So Caroline's been taking the heavy brunt of, of all of it. Uh, to all our Canadian customers, uh, I apologize. We had no idea that there was an extra duty fee that UPS was uh, hitting on top of the one that goes to the, the Canadian government. So we're no longer going to ship US or UPS to Canada. It'll be via USPS. She should only be paying the actual fee to the government of Canada. Uh, sorry, you guys have to pay an extra fee. But as always, we appreciate the hell out of all you guys. Thank you so much.